finally stopped pouring and the mist began rolling in. Cool October air filled our nostrils as we crunched along the side of the road. My friend and I had just completed a 12-hour shift and we were on our way home. Because of the time of year, it's much darker much earlier than it would have been during the summer months, making the mood outside a little bit eerie. As we walked, we had easy conversation about work and kids, and then we came upon the bridge. I pulled my hoodie up over my head and shivered slightly. The temperature had dropped considerably, which I just attributed to the coursing river ahead. But along with the sudden chill, I also felt a quiver in my stomach, like my body was trying to signal something to me, to warn me. Ah, you're just having a bit of post-work anxiety, I assured myself in my head. So I focused on the lights from the houses on the other side of the bridge. We were about halfway there, so I took a silent deep breath while my friend finished up telling me a story about something that I accidentally tuned out amidst my anxious thoughts, and I put one foot in front of the other. The mist was gathering much thicker now, and the temperature dropped what felt like an unnatural amount of degrees and seconds. The lights in the distance became blurry and dull, so much that I had to question if they'd ever been bright in the first place. We could no longer see more than 20 feet ahead of us, much less the end of the bridge. And there it was again, that quiver in my stomach, but this time I found out what it meant. Ay, mis hijos, ayúdame, por favor, mis hijos, no. My friend and I both gasped loudly as we heard the sobs of a woman nearby. Only these sobs sounded distorted, almost otherworldly, and absolutely rife with despair. We looked around us to see where it came from, but the fog was only thickening more. Completely disoriented, we reached out and clung to one another. That's when we heard it again. I know. This time we both screamed. Amidst our panic, a figure emerged from the fog. We stared in silent disbelief as a woman appeared. She was in an all-white gown, which seemed to float above the ground as she moved. Her skin was unnaturally pale and starkly contrasting with her pitch-black hair and her shadowy facial features, all of which were shrouded under what seemed to be a white veil. She was beautiful in the most haunting way. Uh, hello? Are you okay? My friend spoke first. <laughs> the woman's hands were clasped together and clutching at her chest as she sobbed. It was as if she didn't hear my friend, so I spoke up. Did, did something happen to you? Can we help you? Mis hijos, mis pobres hijos. She kept walking, or gliding, toward us slowly, her head bowed, not making eye contact. My friend reached out to touch her and get her attention, but her fingers went straight through the woman's shoulder. What happened next is a bit of a blur, but here's what I remember. 
The woman shrieked a piercing cry and her veil flew back over her head and behind her. Her eyes were black and bulging and dark tears streaked her face. She lunged forward and reached out for my friend with dark blue fingers. She looked absolutely ravenous. I tried holding on to my friend, but the ghost was too strong. She sunk her sharp nails into her chest and dragged her into the fog. I screamed her name and then I began hyperventilating in panic. My vision blurred severely before failing completely and then everything went black. When I woke again, I was on the sidewalk of the bridge. Red and blue lights flashed against the railing. All around me, people were busy walking to and fro, and all I could seem to do was lie there. I felt frozen, but not because of the temperature. My ears were ringing and my vision was spotty. It took what felt like ages to feel the warm hand on my shoulder. The first responder spoke with me and told me they'd be taking me to the hospital. I was too stunned to form words, so I just shakily nodded my head. I watched as a gurney was being rolled toward me, and then my friend's face flashed through my mind. My inability to move subsided, and I swiftly pulled myself up from the ground. I began babbling. My friend? My friend in, in the ghost? Oh God, what happened to my friend? Where is she? I screamed her name. My trembling voice echoed throughout the bridge. The first responders begged me to please slow down and come with them, but I refused and I pushed them away. That's when I spotted officers climbing down the ravine with flashlights. They were making their way toward the river. The pit in my stomach may as well have been a boulder. I sprinted to where they looked down and I found my friend. Her body was drenched from the water. Her eyes were unblinking and wide open. Her face was pale and her lips were blue. And through her chest were 10 puncture wounds in the shape of the weeping woman's fingers. My name is Jocelyn and you're listening to Spell. This week's sorrowful spirit is La Llorona. The tale of La Llorona is one of the most famous ghost stories in Mexico, as well as several Latinx communities in the United States and other parts of Central and South America. Come on in and sit a spell. It's story time. Legends of La Llorona are as diverse as the communities they're told in, and can even differ from person to person. Here's one rendition. Maria was considered la mujer más hermosa de todo el pueblo, the most beautiful woman in town. She was hardworking, indigenous, and belonged to a family that struggled for everything they had. While they had just enough to get by, Maria longed to escape her current life. She prayed every day para un hombre elegante, rico y guapo, an elegant, rich, and handsome man. Many suitors attempted to court her, but just as many failed to get her attention, even just for a moment. She simply refused to settle. She even refused the affections of one of the most handsome men in the pueblo. 
He was all right, but not handsome or anywhere rich enough to attempt her. One day, however, a Spanish man of high status and wealth came into town. Maria was absolutely taken by him. She had finally found a man whose looks matched her own, and he seemed equally smitten with her. So they quickly made plans to marry, and in no time they had two beautiful little boys together. Todo estaba bien. Everything was fine. Until her husband began to change. He began staying out later. He drank more. He worked more. He stopped asking her about her day, and often even avoided eye contact when they were together. It was as if he had stopped seeing her altogether. With each passing day, their connection faded more and more until eventually, Maria's husband stopped coming around. He would leave Maria and the boys at home alone for months at a time without sending a word about when he was coming back. And arguably worse were the scarce times that he was there. He seemed overtly annoyed by her presence and began ignoring her. She would watch in misery as he gave their sons love, affection, attention, attention that she most desperately craved. She began to resent her own children. One afternoon, Maria took the children on a walk near the river, and as they passed through a shady spot, they noticed a horse and carriage coming toward them on the path. And there she saw it, her husband with a beautiful lady beside him. Maria stopped in her tracks, and suddenly she felt faint. Her husband halted his carriage and greeted the sons. He introduced them to his companion and explained that he was going to be moving away and would, was planning to marry her. He ignored Maria completely, and she was so shocked by this news, she could hardly breathe, much less protest. So he hugged his sons goodbye and continued down the road. He didn't look back once. Maria snapped out of her stunned state as the carriage disappeared around the bend. Her shock became pure rage. She grabbed her two sons, who were both under the age of five and could not swim, and she carried them toward the river. She waded into the rushing water and held their heads beneath the surface until they stopped moving. She let go of their bodies and let them drift downstream. As she watched them, all the rage left her body, and she realized what she had done. She tried catching up to them, praying she could save them, but she was too late. Their bodies and their souls were gone. Some say that Maria immediately jumped into the river and drowned herself in despair. But this story says she mourned her boys day and night, wailing, screaming their names. She starved herself completely, a penance for what she had done. She walked the riverbanks for weeks, searching for their bodies. She became real thin and gaunt, and some described her as looking como un esqueleta alto y adante, like a tall walking skeleton. Eventually, Maria died from starvation on the riverbank where she had murdered her sons. It is said that because she committed two of the biggest sins, murder and suicide, God punished her by sending her to repent in purgatory until she found her children. Soon after her death, Maria's spirit began roaming the riverbanks and bridges of the pueblo, usually after darkness had fallen. 
each night she can be heard weeping loudly and calling for her children, Ay, mis niños, mis hijos. Her spirit became known as La Llorona, the weeping woman. Culturally speaking, the most common purpose of this story is to serve as a warning to children to behave, to be honest. Almost like a boogie woman. Do as I say or La Llorona will get you. And some versions also serve as a cautionary tale to husbands to be faithful or else. While this specific ghost story is most popular in Mexico, the concept of a woman shrouded in white, weeping and ensnaring unsuspecting victims is practically as old as time. This story has been told over and over again, dating back to well before the Spanish influence on Mexico. The Aztecs believed in Quijuacotl, the first woman and goddess in the world. This goddess of fertility and motherhood was said to appear as a beautiful woman shrouded in all white and carrying an empty cradle. The specter would walk the roads and pathways in the middle of the night, weeping and disappearing into lakes or rivers. The Aztecs placed a high significance on women who died in labor as well. In fact, these women were considered heroes whose spirits would continue to live on. They were the only women who were allowed to move on to the afterlife, an honor only received by male warriors. Unlike the men, however, the afterlife offered to these women entailed becoming un espíritu de la noche, a spirit of the night. Their new purpose was to tempt men into sin and curse children at the crossroads of their communities. In the 16th century came the Spanish conquistadores, and along with them European mythological influence. For example, the tale of the Greek enchantress Medea. After being abandoned by her husband, Medea murdered her own children to in a fit of rage. Christianity played another big role in this evolution, influencing the part of the story where La Llorona is cursed to Roman purgatory after being denied access to heaven by God. With the introduction of new mythological ideas, the story of La Llorona took off and spread across the continent and beyond. Her reach has expanded greatly, and she's now known to not only haunt rivers and bodies of water, but railroads and highways as well. Some have reported that La Llorona will stand on the side or even in the middle of the road in an attempt to get your attention. If you drive past her or do not offer her a ride, sometimes she ends up in your back seat where she shrieks an unearthly cry, often resulting in car accidents. La Llorona has become increasingly present in pop culture as time has gone on with songs named for her and movies about her haunting story. Her significance is multifaceted and complicated. She can just be a cautionary tale for some, while others view this character as a symbol which represents the pain indigenous Mexican people, women particularly, went through when the Spanish invaded. And many view her as an example of how immense the strain of single motherhood is under a pa patriarchal structure. No matter what you take from this information, always remember, if you hear a woman weeping in the woods, on the railroad, near a body of water, or on the side of the road at night, especially if she's shrouded in white, keep your child close so she does not mistake them for her own, and turn the other way before La Llorona decides it's time to come for you.
thank you for tuning in to Sit a Spell. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I hope this week brings you all you deserve and more. Y'all come back now. <laughs>